thanks for listening and supporting this podcast. I'm Camille Diaz, and if you are sick and tired of setting goals and not achieving them, jump on over to my website, go.optimized.zone. Enroll in my online course, Driven, and gain access to the exact formula I've used to accomplish my goals, like write a book, increase revenue, lose 30 pounds, and record over 100 episodes of this podcast. Start experiencing the joy and satisfaction that comes with achieving your goals. That's go.optimized.zone. Welcome. This is Money Heart, where we explore the emotional side of money. I'm Camille Diaz, and today we're discussing emotional spending. My guest is Erin Gore. She's the founder of Cheers to Financial Freedom, a company that focuses on teaching the fundamental basics of personal finance so you can achieve financial freedom no matter your lifestyle. Founded in 2021, after being an economics and personal finance teacher in the public schools, Erin found a huge disconnect from adults on the true fundamentals of personal finance. She decided that it was time to make it her life mission to change the conversation about personal finance and help anyone, regardless of age, find freedom when it comes to their personal finance situation. Erin received her BS in marketing from Arizona State University and her master's in education from Regent University. Currently, Erin teaches on OutSchool, Burn Along, and through her own private business. Erin, welcome to Money Heart. Thank you for having me. I'm glad to be here today. Yeah, very glad to have you on the show. Uh, just like you are working to change the conversation around personal finance, so are we. So excited to have you on Money Heart. Uh, tell me, what is your specialty in the personal finance space? So I was in the schools and I, the thing that I heard most often was from the parents at conferences and they were like, where was this class when I was in high school and where can I take it now? And that really kind of hit home with me. And so when I came out to Arizona during the pandemic, I, I took a lot of time to think about that. And I thought like, how can I change something? How can I make it better? And Cheers to Financial Freedom was born. And for the last year, I've been working on my baby, just like we would in real life. And just actually recently, I realized where I want to focus my change on the conversation on personal finance. And that really came from my partnership with Burn Along. Burn Along is an online health and wellness platform, and they focus on all aspects of your well being your physical, your emotional, your mental, um, your nutrition, and your financial. And when I thought of it in that way, I was like, that makes sense. Like if you're struggling in one area, you're going to be struggling in all the areas. Right. And last week it dawned on me that I finally found myself a title, which again, when you're bringing up a baby, things come and they progress just like you would a child in real life. And I love that I am your holistic financial healer. Mm. So I'm not going to fix your problems for you because that's your job, but I'm going to help you learn through fundamentals, 
through financial literacy, how to fix it for yourself. I'm going to help you heal yourself. And that's the key is you got to take responsibility and then heal yourself with help from others. We go to the gym, we get a trainer, we go to the doctor, they give us help, they help us to heal, but it's still our responsibility to take the medications or to change our nutrition. So I'm here to help you heal your finances. I like that concept of taking responsibility for yourself, for your finances, for what you want to have happen in your life. Uh, It's kind of, I don't know if I want to say easy, but one of those things where I hear people with the money, oh, I just have bad luck with money. Oh, I just don't, you know, it's just kind of like an excuse, throw your hands up. Ah, can't really change my money situation. It's just not working out. Eh." You know, (laughs) and, and so I like that you're pointing out, oh, it's kind of up to you. So you do it or you don't do it, but it's going to be what you make it. So I love that. Um, What are some of the first concepts that you usually share with people? What's the most important for us to know in this space as we're trying to build our wealth mindset and and rebuild our financial future? So it's a lot of, you know, not just financial, but overall well-being. When you look at your overall well-being, what's the first thing that's been instituted into you when you were little? And that's your values. And you get your values usually from your parents, first and foremost, they were your first teachers. And so what they value is what they institute into you. And then for the first 18 years of your life, you are pretty much expected to value what your parents valued. And along the way, you start to actually go to school and get teachers and they start to influence you. And then you, if you go to college or trade school or military, then you get more teachers are influencing you. And in your twenties, you start to realize maybe I don't really like the values that my parents instituted in me. Maybe, you know what, this isn't for me and I want to search in a different area. And so understanding where your values are and what they are will then help you determine your needs and your wants, which is the next step in the process is figuring out what is a need to you and what is a want to you. So the majority of us are like, oh, needs, those are easy. Those are the things we need to survive. We have to have them, our food, our water, our shelter, clothing, fire. Yeah, those are all needs. But when we start to implement and perceive values into the situation, our needs and our wants change. And this is really interesting because I, you know, when, when we hear the concept of needs and value, needs and wants right? You're just thinking needs, wants. Many people have heard that with the budget conversation before of, you know, you figure out what you need, you budget for that, you figure out what you want. If you have extra leftover, you can do that. And we all kind of go, oh, they're going to tell me I can't have anything fun or do the things I want to do and that I have to be miserable if I want to be financially successful. And I know that's not your thing. So I just wanted to bring it up before somebody tunes out and they're like, needs and wants, I'm out. (laughs) No, this is so cool that you're tying it to values because that is way more important. So go ahead. So with needs and wants, yes, we need to take care of our needs first, but I like to use the example of coffee. Because some people need coffee to survive. I'm one of them. You do not want to see me first thing in the morning without my cup of coffee. 
Now, technically coffee is not a need. If you follow the five needs, it, it doesn't fall under that. It would be a want. But for me, my perception of my value is I need coffee. Now, do I need to go to Starbucks every day to get my cup of coffee or can I make my cup of coffee at home? And that's where the needs versus wants comes into play as we become adults. And we get off of this mindset that you have to take care of your needs first and then you can move on to wants. No, I'm all about life and leisure. If you can't have fun during life, why are you doing it? Yep. But you have to build in the fun, build in the leisure while still taking care of the things that are absolutely necessary first. And you don't know what's absolutely necessary until you look at your values. Okay. So how do you recommend we sort of figure out what our values are? Do you have like a an exercise or is there a quiz? Like, (laughs) do I check my stars? I don't know. (laughs) So this is something that you have to sit down with yourself Mm -hmm. and whether that's journaling, reading articles about values, you know, having a one-on-one with me and we look at, okay, what do you value? What do you look at? Look at your budget for the last you know, a couple of months and see where are you spending your money? Because guess what? That's an indicator of what you value. If you're going to Nordstrom and buying your clothing at Nordstrom, you value something in Nordstrom. Whereas if you're going to Walmart, you value something completely different. And so looking at how you've spent your money in the past is a great indicator of what you value and how you value it. If you go to Starbucks every day, there's something that you value about that Starbucks cup of coffee. And we're in a world where we all can make choices for ourselves and make our individual choices. And if you want to make Starbucks happen every single day, guess what? You can. You just may have to give up something else in exchange for it. And that's where we look at trade-offs and opportunity costs, which all of these are like the very first lesson that I teach anybody that's coming into personal finance for the first time is looking at your values, looking at your needs, your wants. And then if there is something that you want that everybody else says, well, that's not a need, that's a want. Okay. So what do we have to give up to get that? And that's where your trade-offs come up. And what are we giving up? What's happening because we're giving it up? That's our opportunity costs. And figuring out, is that something I'm willing to give up so that I can do a. Okay. So really taking a look. So if you, let's say you want the Starbucks coffee every day, um, and then you take a look at your budget and figure out, okay, so I'm spending over here and I have, you know, my who knows, Netflix subscription over here that keeps getting tacked onto my credit card every month and I'm not paying it off. So I decide if I want to maybe skip, you know, a day a week to pay for my Netflix. So that would be, you know, determining my trade-off is my opportunity cost is I'm running up debt on something else because I'm buying the more expensive option at breakfast. So, yes. And I like, I like to use the example because I think this one is one that um, resonates with everybody. Say you have a thousand dollars and you need to pay your rent or you buy a new iPhone. 
if you bought the iPhone, your trade-off is you gave up rent. What happens because you didn't pay your rent? You get evicted. You have to go live on mom and dad's couch. All of those are the opportunity costs of giving up rent for the iPhone. Right. Which you can do. You You can. You're just going to be finding a place to live. Right. And that's the thing that is the beauty of personal finance is that first word, personal. We all have a personal journey. We are all doing this on our own. Um, Yes, some of us are in couples, but it's still a personal journey. And so finding how you want it to be, and it's going to be different than every other individual out there. I like that idea of knowing, well, one, your finances are personal. They're yours. They're how you want it to be. And I love this construct that you have like kind of broken down for us of you have to have the same needs and wants as everybody else. You know, if, if you want, like you said, coffee, then people are like, no, that's a want. You don't have to have that. You, you don't need that to survive. And you're like, no, honey, I need coffee. That goes in my need list. <laughs> yes. And that's, and, that's the thing. And that's one of the things that really bothers me about a lot of the um, Dave Ramsey's and Susie Ormond's of the world is they're very set on, okay, this is a need you have to, and this is a want, but no, we all we have different heartbeats. We have different feet that we walk on. We have different eyes. We can't make this one size fits all for personal finance. And I think for too long that has happened that everyone's viewed it as if you don't follow these steps, you're not succeeding. Well, we all have different careers. We all have different lifestyles. So how can we make this one size fit all personal finance situation for individuals. Yeah. I love that. I love that. That if you don't have to follow somebody else's plan to be doing it right, you just have to make a plan that will actually work for you. Cause everybody's got, you know, different income, different expenses, different things that they want to do for fun, different, you know, stuff they want to buy. It doesn't make sense to try to have a nope that goes in that box. That goes in that box. You're not allowed to do this and you're not allowed to do that and give up all the things you love and, you know, hate your life, but have lots of money. Wait, wait, what? <laughs> and then why are you doing it? And I, I remember back into my retail management days and I look at, okay, you hire how many cashiers to run a store? You're paying them the same amount every time that they work, but they don't come to work the exact same. They don't look the same. They're not doing the same things because we're still individuals at heart. Yeah. And so we got to make sure that we're treating our finances that way, that it's personal. Right. So let's jump back to this kind of concept of emotional spending. Sometimes we get stuck in the, I need this because now we've established you can need whatever you need and you can want whatever you want and you can figure out which one's which, how do we, how do you help people to not make, I guess I want to say big, I don't want to call them mistakes because it's not necessarily a mistake, but how to not stick to the, you know, when we, when we screw up and we're like, I really thought that I was on the plan and now I fell off the plan because I got all excited about a thing and went and did it. And that, that now I've totally forgotten about the opportunity cost, completely forgotten everything that I learned and I messed it all up. And how do I get it back on track? Like, how do you kind of get people through that 
you know, because we emotionally see something and we are at the the fair or the shopping the oh, mall yeah. or whatever. And then we I'm number one at that. Like, oh. <laughs> I am number one at that where it's like, oh, I see something. I love it. I'm going to buy it. And then I'm like, oh, man, why did I do that? Yeah. Why did I and, do that? And the thing is, we think about it, you know, think about it. And we're looking at this overall well-being picture. We eat a really bad dinner one night and totally throw our diet. And we're like, oh my gosh, I just ate like 5,000 calories in one meal. And they were so good. And they were so good. And I, you're beating yourself up after it, but we go back on the diet. We don't let that continue. You know, we go to the doctor, we find out we're sick. We, you know, miss a day of our medication. We don't stop taking our medication completely. We just go the next day and we start over. It's the same thing with finances. You're going to have slip-ups because we're all human and we make mistakes and it's okay to make a mistake. There's going to be a month where you spend more than you earn. That's okay. That's why we have savings. It's when you're continuously doing that same mistake over and over and over again, then we have to get to the deeper issues. Why are we doing it? What is the emotion behind why we continuously do what we do? And that's where you really have to look at yourself and say, okay, why am I doing this? Why do I keep sabotaging my finances when I know what I'm supposed to do. And then you, again, go back to those values, those needs and your wants and say, okay, maybe this isn't so much a want me, or maybe I'm sorry, maybe this isn't so much a need. Like I thought it was, maybe it's actually more of a want and Mm -hmm. I need to change my thinking around it to be like, okay, I can't spend $500 at Nordstrom every single month when I don't have the ability to pay it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I like that. I like that a lot. And, 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 you know, to go back to the values and figure out what really was important to you, because when you've connected your behavior to your values, you'll stop sabotaging yourself. You'll, you'll do what aligns with your values all the time. So, because that that's easy. (laughs) Yeah, we just sometimes forget what the values are. And that's the thing like we and that's why you really before you do anything when you start a financial journey to better yourself. And again, across the board, whether it's, you know, your physical, you sit down and what do I value? I'm not a runner. I will not run. I hate running. I hated it when I was in elementary school. I, I, I don't do it. So when I look at exercise, I look at other points of exercise because I know I'm not a runner. Mm -hmm. It's the same concept when it comes to finances, you have to determine what you are and what you're not. And that comes back to your values. Like, what do you value and how does that form your money spending? Mm -hmm. And that's a great point that you just made of looking at other forms of exercise. It's not that you cut out exercise altogether. I don't like to run. I'm never exercising. You're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. (laughs) 
so many other types of exercise out there. You can bike, you can swim, you can walk, you can go hiking, which is kind of just walking in a hilly area. You can, you know, all kinds of stuff that you can do. You know, maybe you want to do a dance class or you like gymnastics or who knows one of the, one of those video things or play volleyball or baseball, like so much stuff, but I hate running. So exercise out, you know, like that's right. kind of how we look at it is like, Oh, I'm bad at this done. Yeah. Just done. Whereas there's so many variations, you can totally mix it up and make changes and different choices. And yeah, it's really like being open to the idea that maybe there's more than one possibility here. And that's the thing with personal finance that I think we're seeing coming out of the pandemic is we were locked in our houses for two years. We've had time to think about things. And now we're like, okay, I didn't like that about me before. So let's go ahead and change that. Or, you know, I really miss doing this and I'm going to go ahead and start implementing that back into your life. And again, that's coming back to your values. When you say, I really miss doing this, then you valued that you got something out of that. And so now you can say, okay, I value going to the movies. I miss going to the movies. So now you put in your budget the amount of money it takes you to go to the movies. And then when you look at your whole pie chart of where your money's going percentage base, you can mix and match that all up. As long as it doesn't equal more than hundred percent, you're good. If you're over hundred percent, then we've got to work on something. Yeah. (laughs) Time to make some choices. Yeah. And that's where your trade-offs and opportunity costs come into play. Yeah. I love that. I, I don't know, cause I didn't get to ask you this before we started, but in talking about values, have you heard of uh, John Demartini? I have not. Okay. So I'm going to recommend this for you and for our listeners. Um, all of his work is based on values. In fact, he wrote a book called the values factor, and it's all about figuring out what your values are and showing that nobody is bad at anything. Nobody is like lazy. We will all work in the areas we value. If right. we don't value something, we're probably not going to do it. And so, you know, it's, it's all of trying to, like, if you're trying to inspire your kids to clean their room, well, they're not going to clean their room for your reasons. Like, Hey, my friends are coming over and I want your room to be clean when my friends see it, but they right. will clean their room for their reasons. Like I want to leave and go hang out with my friends. So my room has to be clean. Cause that's what I do before. So it's all about putting things in perspective of somebody's values. Uh, and I think that he does have some, uh, material on his website to go figure out, help narrow down what your values are and figure it out. So yeah, just, uh, just one I thought I'd throw in there because since we've talked about values so much, it might be helpful. Um, tell me what you are most excited about right now. What are you working on? What's coming up? So I have been rebuilding my website, cheers to financialfreedom.com. And hopefully within the next couple of months, I'll be launching a weekly blog where I can start to really go deeper into some of the areas that we talk about. Um, I'm really excited that I came up with the whole holistic financial healer and really going to run with that, seeing like how we can tie finances into our overall well-being. Um, and looking at our values, needs, and wants, and how they really impact what we do. And when I teach the rest of the classes on insurance and taxes and retirement and all of that, um, it really comes into play. I love when you think about taxes, everybody gets this really negative connotation, like, Mm -hmm. 
taxes are due again? Why do I pay for that? But when we value what we have in a community and we realize that the taxes are paying for our communities, it starts to click a little bit more like, oh, I don't want to drive on dirt roads every day. I don't want to have to pay to have a police officer come to my house because someone broke in. That's why I pay taxes. Oh, okay. Now I understand. And then you don't feel so bad when you have to pay that tax bill at the end of the year. Yeah. So really tying in those values, needs, and wants into the other areas of our life. I love that because they really do run through everything. And all of the stuff that you mentioned is the things most people tend to run from. They don't want to know about credit. They don't want to know about taxes. They definitely don't want to talk about insurance. Like all of that stuff is like, oh, (laughs) when, when you understand how it serves your values, how it protects you, how it provides for you, um, how it makes things more comfortable for you, uh, all of that, then all, oh, okay, well, I guess that might be useful after all. (laughs) And that's the thing, like you just brought up insurance. I think of like none of us want to think about what happens after we're not here anymore. Mm-hmm. But do you value your kids and your family being taken care of after right. you're not here anymore? And so when I teach it in that aspect of life insurance isn't for you, it's for your family, for you to take care of your family after you're not here. Then they're like, oh yeah, I do value having my kids taken care of. What happens to me if they're young and I am not here? How are they going to survive? Mm -hmm. And then it's like these little light bulb moments go off. Yeah. Click, click. And you're like, okay, you're finally getting it. And that's where I'm here to bring in those fundamentals again, that you 90% of us didn't learn because it hasn't been in the schools for the last 50 years. It's just starting to come into the schools. Right. So let's go back and really learn that so that we can then learn how our values play into that. Yeah. My, I remember in school, the most I learned were things like how to write a check and address an envelope and, you know, balance the little lines on your checkbook, which is cool. Like, that's good. Not that anybody uses checks now, right? Um, but, <laughs> except for me when I'm trying to avoid the extra charge for using my credit card. Like if they're like, I'm going to charge you two and a half percent or 3% for using your credit card. I'm like, hold on, let me get my checkbook. <laughs> because and that's I do just not it. value spending extra money if I don't have to. And that, like you just said, you don't value that. That's the one thing Like I just had a patio worked on and they gave us 5% off by writing a check. And I'm like, I value 5% off. That's right. Like yeah. I will physically write that check so that I get that discount. Yep. And that's where we have to get back to as a society. Like, yes, it's great. We're going to this cashless society, but we're also losing the Um, time to really think about what we're doing because everything's becoming instinctual. You go on Amazon, you click and it's on your doorstep the next day. Did you really think about that purchase or did it just happen? Yeah. And so somehow figuring out how to bring that time back into play to give yourself a chance. Okay. Is that something I really need? Or is that just an impulse want to buy? I love that you brought this up because I just did this this week. 
I actually, um, and I'm a huge fan of Amazon. I have the prime thing. I hit the, I do not hit the buy now button. I'm afraid of that button. I, hit the, <laughs> I always add it to my cart and then yes. I go back and look at it. And I'm like, did I pick the right thing? Cause I don't trust myself to like pick the right one. And then the wrong thing shows up. Yeah. But we, my my daughter and I were shopping and we found some fabric and we're like, oh my gosh, this fabric is amazing. It would make a great skirt. And everybody who listens to the show knows I do costumes like crazy. So of course I'm like, oh, this is perfect. It goes with so many costume things that we have. We love it. We both loved it. And I was like, okay, we have to actually sew the skirt. So let's not get it today. Cause this was totally not what we were supposed to be doing. Not why we're here. We'll come back, you know, think about it overnight come back tomorrow if we still want it. And then this was yesterday that we went back and it was the weekend and we're like, I really don't want to leave the house. I still really want that fabric. Right. Let's go. And so it's like seven o'clock at night and we got in the car and we went and we got the fabric and we came back um, because we actually really wanted to make the skirt committed to doing the project, you know, like found a pattern, all that stuff. Um, So we're in. But it was that, you know what, I, I wasn't sure if I just saw, oh, shiny. And I was like, going to buy it, you know, instantly. I thought, let's, let's wait and make sure that I'm actually committed to getting this thing made and using it and that it will match what we have and it's all going to be good. So I'm glad that you brought that up because it really is a good strategy of like, hey, just wait, you know, even yeah. a couple of hours will calm you down. <laughs> A lot of people and a lot of experts do recommend waiting 24 hours, Mm -hmm. um, especially for your big purchases, wait 24 hours, put it in your cart for 24 hours. Now, the fun thing that a lot of um, us don't realize is when you put it in your cart and you don't purchase it right away, companies get a note that it's in your cart. And then they're like, oh, why aren't they buying it? Why aren't they buying it? Maybe we should send them an email to give them an extra percent off so that they they buy it. And all of a sudden in like a day or two, you get an email. Hey, we still see that this is in your cart. We'll give you an extra 10% if you buy it today. And now you've saved money because you waited. I love that. I, so I usually delete those emails because if it's in my cart, I'm like, stop telling me. I'm trying to forget about it. <laughs> But that is a great tip that they might give you a coupon. They might. You left it. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And especially with some of the smaller businesses, um, some of the businesses that it's just automatic, like they're like, look, they get the thing. They're like, oh, wait, that's been sitting in the cart. And their AI actually sends it to you. It does. Yeah. It triggers after a certain number of hours that it's been in the cart that it'll just send to you. Hey, do you forget about this thing? And I'm like, yeah, I was trying to, (laughs) (laughs) but good strategy. If it is something you want to leave it and, you know, wait a couple of days and see if it happens to send you the discount. If you know, it's something you want it anyway. I always believe that a discount is only a discount. If you were already going to buy the thing, it's not a discount. If it makes you buy it when you did not have that budgeted. Yes. And that's where your needs versus wants come into play. Just because it's on sale does not make it a need. It's one of those things that were you thinking about buying it anyway? Okay. Then we'll go ahead and get it at sale because you're only saving money if it was something you were going to purchase to begin with. Yes. Yes. So, so true. (laughs) This has been so much fun. Thank you for for joining me today and, and taking the time to chat. I really loved it. Thank you. I appreciate it.
If you would like to get in touch with Erin, you can send her an email at erin at cheers to financialfreedom.com. She's most active on Instagram, so you can follow her there at cheers to financial freedom. Thanks as well to all of our listeners and viewers. I'm your host, Camille Diaz. I'm a business optimization coach, financial educator, author, and speaker. You can contact me and find out what I'm up to through my website, camillediaz.com, and follow me on social media at Cam Unfiltered. Be sure to follow Money Heart at Money Heart Show, and our website is moneyheartshow.com. Erin, would you like to share today's money mantra? All right. So today's money mantra is you can change your conversation around emotions in regards to personal finance. Yes, you can. I think we have. Thank you so much. Thank you.